0: one of the
1: things we talk about is if we don't give effort, if we're not recognized for effort at University of Oklahoma, then I'm a con man and they're a fraud.
0: All right, guys, welcome to the Oklahoma Breakdown Podcast, brought to you guys by SB Nation's Crimson and Cream Machine. This is the post-game podcast edition, so you can find us on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, pretty much anywhere you can get a podcast. I'm your host, Kami Amrabi, and joined by my co-host, Stephen Brown, and we're here to tell you guys about... uh, (laughs) the shitstorm we just watched of the Oklahoma versus Kansas State game. I mean, like, I mean, Steve, really, like, it, it seemed like to be two different halves because a lot of us went to halftime thinking, man, OU's up 21-7. to It should be, you know, 35-7 to right now. OU should be blowing the doors off this team. And then out of the second half, Oklahoma, they just got, beat to hell like what is your what is your takeaway what is your meat reaction to that game
1: well i think i just tweeted out that uh against Mer- missouri state OU played half a game and then they did so today as well um this is a team that doesn't have a lot of experience they don't have a lot of leadership i think uh creed Humphreys maybe like the most veteran guy in that that team um and they that showed today i mean they had like no resolve um You know, got hit in the face, didn't really do much, and just sat down the rest of the game. So um, this is a team that needs to figure some stuff out, especially along the offensive line. Um, It's a young team, so you kind of, you know, uh, expect some growing pains here and there, but this was pretty bad.
0: Yeah, just going over the stats, Oklahoma had nearly three times the amount of first downs that Kansas State did. They were much better on third down than Kansas State. They did outgain the Wildcats by over 100 yards, but I mean, if you eliminate a couple of those big plays, Oklahoma more than outgains Kansas State by 200 yards. Oklahoma doubles up Kansas State on rushing yards. They have fewer penalties, except they do have four turnovers, and they uh, they held onto the ball for five more minutes. So Oklahoma basically, and man, I really regret this. Before this game happened, I was like, man, I don't see any way Oklahoma loses this game. They're just (laughs) too deep unless it's just a shitstorm of turnovers. And, well, that's what happened. They just had so many turnovers. And not to mention, they just didn't have those turnovers. They had four turnovers, but they had the turnover on downs. And they had a blocked punt. And so, effectively, you are just giving Kansas State so much momentum any time they wanted it. Not in the first half, really, but the second half. I mean, this Kansas State team, we didn't even know if they were going to have a full team to field for the entire damn week. We spent the entire week on pins and needles. Kansas State gets the go-ahead, and we said, all right, well, you barely has anybody out of the two deep. And Kansas State, they're missing so many guys, specifically in the secondary. And Oklahoma, you know, they they are winning 21-7.5, to and then they're outscored 31-14 to after that. So Oklahoma held a three-touchdown lead a few times. And just the offensive line did Spencer Rattler absolutely no no favors. And not to mention that offensive line was the one that came back with a ton of snaps. It's the same offensive line from last year. Albeit that when they put Anton Harrison in for Eric Swenson, it got a little bit better. But also, it's just that the defense was a complete no-show in the second half. Like, the Kansas State wasn't running the ball. But Skylar Thompson, who is not a thrower... Just passed all over the yard with Deuce Vaughn. So just a ton to hate about this game. And like you said, like at, at one point, you know, the Sooners were even up a score. And I was like, where is where's the leadership on this team? Where Where is the calming presence of, hey, let's go drive down the field and get a field goal. Or let's go down, drive down the field and get a touchdown to effectively go up 10 or 14 to ice this game. And instead, they just, they didn't do it. They, they they got called for penalties, and they just threw the ball everywhere else. And man, there's, there's there's so many ways to place blame. But is 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 Marvin Mims really your best receiver out of this guy at this group right now? And if so, how big of trouble is OU in because of that?
1: Uh, right now I would say yes. Um, you know Theo Howard really isn't as advertised so far, and he may be. Um, still recovering a little bit from that Achilles injury, um, but you gotta get guys like Theo Weiss, who I thought played well. Um, you gotta get more involved, and I don't know if it's absolutely on the receiver core because I thought Rattler kind of held onto the ball a little bit too long here and there, and took some took some sacks that he shouldn't have. And uh, you know, you gotta get that ball out. You, you gotta make one read. Sometimes you can't just sit there um, for eight or so seconds and just you know let let guys uh, run out of coverage pretty much.
0: Yeah, it's just I came out of this game thinking, wow, if if we're really depending upon Marvin Mims as your best wide receiver, you are in a lot of trouble, especially Stogner disappeared in the second half. Don't know where he went. Drake Stoops, mind you, had the most receiving yards in the game, almost had two touchdowns. Uh, Theo Weiss, yeah, he's had moments, but not not a lot of like uh, continuity. Theo Howard's not really there. Charleston Rambo, like I've been saying the entire time, is not the guy and just looks kind of like a jag, a dude that's just just another guy that's fast. He doesn't look like a guy that's ready to lead any any sort of receiving core. And I think that's valid and even more validated now. But I I don't understand how the offensive line, like, okay, sans Eric Swenson, you still have four of those five guys that were – pretty solid last year so what in the hell is the deal especially in the middle of the field how how can you not generate any sort of pass protection and how can you not generate any sort of running lanes like the running lanes were hit and miss but pass pro spencer rattler was running all day to the right and because of the left tackle the edges the left tackle in particular just couldn't get it done so what is the deal there why why did they look so okay last year granted Jalen Hurts was running when instead of passing the ball, but why do they look so okay and so good last year and then this year? It's just it was just it's awful, an awful appearance display.
1: Well, traditionally OU's line um, really doesn't start playing at their best until that third or fourth week um, in the season. But also, I kind of have a theory here. These guys have that they don't have a, an off season, right? They have an abbreviated fall camp. Um, The one thing that they haven't done is play a full snap or a full game worth of snaps. Um, So especially in that second half where you see Kansas State starting to dominate on the defensive line, uh, those guys were worn out, and I think that's why you kind of saw Rame get in there. These guys were were having trouble with conditioning, um, especially late. They were just worn out, and Kansas State, uh, they looked the part. I mean, they played all four quarters.
0: Yeah, like Kansas State, I mean, and that's something that, uh, JT from the bring on the cats mentioned that their defensive line most notably you know like their defensive ends they are pretty good and we saw that they were getting to Spencer Rattler often and you know you like you like you said and I mentioned this too that I'd be curious to see Spencer Rattler this game and the game subsequently after because he seems to sit in the pocket for a long time And sometimes, and most times, that's not that great, especially if you're going against a better competition. He's going to have to learn how to use those hot routes. He's going to have to learn to dump it off. But instead, we were left with several sacks, either or just holding penalties or whatever. I mean, that's like Spencer Rattler. It it sucks to say the man was 30 of 41. And of course, you know, three of them, he had three interceptions. One was tipped to the line. One was a really bad throw. Actually, two of them are, one of them was contested and just one-on-one, and the other one was just, a, just an errant bad throw. It just was way too – was it way in front of Stoops or was it way behind him? I can't remember.
1: I think it was behind. I have to but, go back and look. But, I, I mean, think the worst throw was that, that second interception, not the one that was tipped, but the one that was underthrown to Mims. Yeah. He's yeah. got to lead that farther.
0: Yeah, and that was, that was the one-on-one that, like, if Stogner was out there, I'd be like, hey, that's a, a – sure, man, go let Stogner go and get that. But Mims being, you know, again, Marvin Mims is a true freshman. Seth McGowan is a true freshman. We should not be relying. They should not be relying on true freshmen to get it done for them. And that's exactly what they did. Pledger kind of got phased out during the game. You saw how effective Austin Stockner was. And then he just disappeared. And so maybe, you know, that's a situation where Kansas State covered him up to force OU to make plays in the run game but gosh like what was Kansas State doing what was Kansas State taking away the Oklahoma was just just unable to move the ball roughly the entire second half of the game in particular the entire fourth quarter where they were outscored I believe 17 to nothing
1: well they kept those safeties high and just relied on that defensive line um so a lot of those were just coverage sacks right yeah so they just played max coverage and they knew that their defensive line um you know, was just going to bully OU's offensive line throughout the game. So um, a lot of that was just a numbers thing.
0: Gosh. So how does that make you feel about the next games? Like, How does, he, how does that make you feel about Oklahoma's spot in the Big 12 right now? I don't
1: know if it – they're not the best team. I think Texas is the best team right now. Um, but it doesn't really make me believe this team can't make a run, um, especially with how much talent they have. Um, they're just they're learning on the job, right? Because there's a lot of true freshmen, redshirt freshmen, sophomores, that kind of thing. So they're figuring it out as they go, and they really haven't had any off season or a uh, fall camp to really get going. They're just kind of thrown in there, and now we're seeing the results of it.
0: I agree with that, like partially, but at the same time, you look at the offensive line and you have Tyrus Robinson, Marquise Hayes, uh, Creed Humphrey. Even even uh, Adrian Ely, all those dudes are what upperclassmen except for Ely, and they they just got the shit shoved backwards today, like that offensive line because like you look at from the outside looking in from Oklahoma. Anybody asking oh what what's the what is going to be the Oklahoma Sooners' strength this year because they're young at skill positions and immediately. Most people would answer, oh, the Sooners' offensive line is going to be their strength this year. That's what they're going to rely on, play action and running the ball. And so far, that's been the complete opposite. They couldn't even muster a run game against Missouri State. And so, you know, and of course this time around, the Kansas State defenders are on the same size as the OU offensive players instead of Missouri State being a helmet shorter. And now you're throwing the ball for your life, and you're constantly running. Spencer Rattler constantly running for his life, especially in the second half. What? When was he not rolling the pocket right? Because they couldn't actually run. They couldn't run a play in the pocket, and so it's just it's just incredibly frustrating. And I mean, I think a lot of us during the game are like, okay, like whatever. It's 21-7. Oh, Oklahoma's up by three touchdowns. Oh, they're up by three touchdowns. Like, you know, it'll be fine. It'll be fine. And the next thing you know. Turnover upon turnover, block punt, Kansas State staying with it, then Oklahoma, they like, kind of like, it's like a turtle when they put their head back in their shell. They're kind of like going back into, like they're seizing up almost and basically getting spooked. And then they couldn't do anything at all, at all. And I just, it's, is that, where, where, where does the blame go? I don't really
1: blame the players too much. I think you can put, some of that on the offensive line and some of the the older guys, like Creed Humphrey, um, probably should have taken over that huddle. And I don't know you know, what was said in there, but it didn't look like they had much resolve whatsoever. And then you look at a guy like Trey Brown um, yeah. wanting to step into a, a larger role, that Kenneth Murray vocal role. I didn't see him much on the field at all other than that, that one coverage where um, the guy got behind him, so... Uh, I look at the veteran leadership. That's the one concern there. I think the young guys, you kind of expect it from them. Um, but I think absolutely you look at Lincoln Riley because um, he's a guy that we've talked about before. Oklahoma just won't put away opponents. Like, they can get up, you know, three touchdowns, and they'll they'll sleepwalk the rest of the game. And it's finally come back to bid them.
0: Especially against a team like Kansas State where – they don't pass the ball that often. They're not a passing team. They're not a spread team, but they looked, they went to the spread in the second half versus OU, and they consistently killed Oklahoma in the secondary, and Oklahoma was not getting a pass rush. So, I mean, there's there's more issues on the defense. They weren't getting a pass rush. Of course, Oklahoma, they were only rushing about four guys, and then when they did decide to go blitz, or when they did decide to go man across and then cover zero, Deuce Vaughn just gets out for another 60 yards, 50 yards, 40 yards, 70 yards. Like they just could not keep up with him. And then, meanwhile, you have, you know, players on the defense not necessarily knowing what they're doing. Uh, that one in particular with Brian Mead, who just <laughs> decided to stop running with the receiver. And then, when the receiver caught the ball, he then, instead of running through the tackle, actually pulled up and stopped trying to tackle, which gave the receiver more yards to run. And then, so they're not getting any pressure. Uh, it's so weird because we said we had so many good things in the first half to say about Delaray and Turner Yale and Buki, who both played pretty good games. And in the second half, those dudes are just gone. Uh, and Kansas State just hits big play after big play after big play. I think Kansas State, the majority like of their yards came on like seven plays. But Oklahoma's defense, especially in the second half. They couldn't get to Skyler, Thompson, or they 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 couldn't do anything, and they apparently just couldn't tackle. I think uh, the Deuce Spawn kid at one of his plays, I think that he got stopped on the one.
1: Broke like he, three tackles. He
0: ran to like <laughs> four or five guys, and it's just like, what are you? Like, what the hell is going on? I, I just I cannot fathom. Like like during halftime, I think everybody thought. Oh, Oklahoma just cleans up a couple of their mistakes. They're gonna win by three touchdowns, and it'll be fine, which they should have. And they came out of the second. They came out in the second half strong, you know. They came out, you know, three touchdown lead. Everything's fine. But the next thing you know, Kansas State answers immediately. Oklahoma goes and gets another touchdown. Kansas State answers immediately, and that's when the shit storm really started to happen. And so, I mean, four turnovers, a turnover on downs. And a blocked punt. Meanwhile, Oklahoma can't do anything. They can't force a turnover. They didn't get close to forcing a turnover. They didn't try anything special on special teams. Uh, they they did try to go for it on fourth down in K-State territory, in which they were short. Uh, and that was not running behind a Creed Humphrey. That was running behind a uh, McIver. And so it's just just so much, so such a large collapse. Regarding the second half, and it felt exactly like, especially in the second half, going down the stretch of the third quarter, did this game not feel 100% like the Iowa State game in 2017?
1: Yeah, I mean, just it looked like they got out coached, absolutely. I think you look at Chris Kleiman, um, especially, he's a guy that just out schemed Alex Grinch. Um, as far as like those two touchdowns or the big runs, um, he got a one on one with Osamoa. Awesome Um and then he got a one-on-one Brian Mead so I mean that's what he wanted and oh you had no response Uh, especially uh, Alex Grinch, um so you look at the coaching and it was just it was just terrible it's some of the worst coaching since like what would you say like 2014 maybe
0: was was not good not good because like it's just so it's just so odd and I'm just like a lot of I'm just so mystified. How this even like how this outcome even came to be. And like so we talked about the offensive woes. The offensive line definitely is to is definitely a big part of this. I think Spencer Rattler shares some of that blame too. I think everybody shares a little bit of blame. What about the defense? Like, is it just Alex Grinch out schemed or were guys just outplayed?
1: Uh I would go 60 40. I'd go Alex Grinch was just out schemed. I think as soon as you see Brian, meet on that island on the outside. Why don't you just call a timeout? Because that would have saved that whole drive right there. Um, So it's a little bit of – it's a lot of uh, Alex Grinch just not being aware of what's going on. And then I think players just need to respond to adversity. Um, You know, they had the big lead. uh, They got a little bit cocky. You could see him talking on the field. And then all of a sudden they get hit in the mouth and they shut up and they don't do anything for a whole two quarters.
0: Yeah. Gosh, it, it, it's just so unnerving. It's so unreal that this, this, you know, this is a Kansas State team that they were barely making that 53-man roster that you have to meet for COVID the entire week. We were on waiting on pins and needles, Wednesday's COVID test, and then yesterday, you know, Kansas State said their wheels up, ready to go to Norman, and it's like, oh, cool. Kansas State officially has, like, seven offensive linemen maybe and then four defensive linemen, and then that one quarterback that you have to have. When we all knew their secondary, it was just like a bunch of floating pieces that should not be very good. But like you said, because they because Kansas State was able to get pressure with just four guys, and they stack two safeties high. I mean, you're effectively taking away the deep ball and forcing Spencer Rattler to throw. You know, underneath. And even then, like he he made several great throws, but dang, they're just, just not, just really a really awful performance, especially by the offensive line. Like, if you had to say who had the worst performance today out of the Sooners' groups and coaches, who oh, would God. it be? Uh,
1: Tyrese Robinson had a pretty rough day. Um, I I probably lean there. Brian Mead, off obviously. Um, Trey Brown, terrible day. So that's just a few to name. Spencer Rattler didn't. I mean, he had some really, really good moments, and then he just had some really, really bad moments. He's got to find that somewhere in between on that one.
0: Yeah, and that, and that's something that we we have been going we can talk we have been talking about for like a long time. You know, Spencer Rattler's still a redshirt freshman. This is his first time getting snaps. We thought maybe like, is it what's what's the marker for his success? Is it Baker Mayfield, two thousand fifteen, and I mean, he went, he went 30 of 41, he had a really high completion percentage, and he had a really good QB per QBR before all the other interceptions, and the manager's throwing darts, you know, like, either to Oklahoma or the other team, too, and it's just, I can't put a ton of blame on him, but at the same time, I mean, it's it looked like a lot of the same stuff from Missouri State that, like you said sticking around in the pocket too long trying to find something deeper instead of just scrambling indoor, just like you're getting out just of the throw pocket away, save some clock yeah in and, and the one time he did scramble up into the pocket it got called back for like, i think i think it's like an offensive holding one of running. the
1: 15 holding Gosh,
0: calls man like I, I just i don't i just do not understand how you can look that bad and it's not because we saw the missouri state thing I'm talking about how you can just look that bad coming off of a buy, and not only coming off of a bye, but playing a team that has no depth whatsoever, and ma- the majority of the offensive line, they played, th- they played the same damn offensive line they had played all last year. And I just I don't understand how you can do that. I just I don't get it. And then, of course, I'm going to have to rewatch the game and see where Austin Stogner went. Rewatch the game. And... I think he
1: was dinged up at some point. Gosh. Yikes. So he took maybe a series or two off.
0: Yeah, well, looks like the defense took the entire second half <laughs> off. So, All right, well, we have more on this post-game podcast. Let's uh, talk about just going forward after this game, after this odd series, uh, tale of two halves. And So we have a break for our sponsors. Uh, we'll be right back. Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. All right, so, Stephen, there's a lot of blame to go around. Alex Grinch himself said he's taking the blame, and he is, like, going insane, wondering why, out of the 16 games he's coached at OU, how they cannot get any damn turnovers, but the defenses that are playing against them can get a ton of turnovers. He's just, like, beside himself and does not understand. Lincoln Riley... Doesn't really like, he he's not really criticizing himself, but he does he does say, well these guys know how to bounce back from losses, which is always a great thing you want to hear from the head coach, uh, and of course we talked about the offensive line, we talked about Spencer Rattler, we talked about the defense. Where do you where are you dispersing the blame for this loss, and how how do you expect them to like look next week?
1: I think a lot of it. And you can almost give all of it to Lincoln Riley because he's got to find a way to motivate his guys. Because you can't just go into a half, uh, comfortable comfortable what, 14, 21-point lead, and then just completely shut down. I mean, you can't, you can't just put it in cruise control like that. That's on him. He's got to find a way to keep these guys motivated. He's got to find a way to make them play four quarters instead of just playing a half of football. So I'm, I'm going to go Lincoln Riley on that one. Um, you can throw Alex Grinch in there as well since he's pretty much the head coach of the defense and – Lincoln Riley's on the offense, so those two guys are the, to blame for me.
0: And I just don't understand. like, Why is this team missing a killer instinct? Why do they – why
1: <laughs> – They just don't have that culture set up. And they kind of had it last year, but that was a lot of it on Kenneth Murray's shoulders, and they don't have that guy anymore. So yeah. they haven't had anybody step into that place.
0: No Kenneth Murray, no Parno Molly, which is proving to be a lot more significant than we all thought. Of course, you don't have Ronnie Perkins, you don't have a Jalen Redmond, so you're missing, especially to, and Jalen Redmond and Ronnie Perkins, you're missing basically probably the two best off defensive linemen in the Big 12. And, you know, nobody really came up to play for Oklahoma's defensive line. You heard nobody's name from Oklahoma's defensive line. Like, how many plays, right? I thought
1: Winfrey, he didn't make any big plays, but he was disruptive. Um, But it wasn't wasn't consistent enough. There was plays where he got into the backfield pretty quickly, um, even off a double team. And then there's three plays where he just sits there silent.
0: It's it's just so much. And then the next two games – are perceived to be maybe the next two toughest tests in the big 12 depending upon how good iowa state is and how good oklahoma state is but i mean you have iowa state in ames and they're announcing oh they're gonna have fans for the first time conveniently against oklahoma and then you have the game in dallas against texas so after seeing the shit show that they threw onto the field for the second half of today, well, what would you assume happens over the next two games?
1: I'm not sure about Texas, because Texas is always it's always different, right? It's always a different game. Um, you kind of throw expectations out the window. Um, but for Iowa State... I, I think you have to respond. I think you have to come out early. Um, you have to fire often. Um, you got to be more advantageous with your uh, your opportunities on defense. Um, so I I expect them to win that game. Um, but it's going to be interesting. I want to see how they respond.
0: And I just I just can't think of what is going to happen. Let's say Oklahoma loses the Iowa State game. What is going to be the state of affair in Norman regarding the football team and how everybody thinks about Oklahoma football this year?
1: Uh, it's not going to be good, right? And not that there was a ton of expectations going into the season. I think everybody um, – their main one was just to go back and get another Big 12 championship. I don't think national championship was really in the window, but – it's, it's it's pretty disappointing at this point, just seeing how they responded in that second half.
0: And it's so interesting because we can look at this game and if Oklahoma just replicated what they did in the first half against Kansas State, we just carry on and say, okay, well, they didn't cover the spread, but, you know, like they won the game. And the next thing you know, of course, the second half happens, especially the fourth quarter, outscored 17 to nothing. And now you're suddenly at a loss for words. Uh, You have young guys that need to grow up a lot quicker. uh, Because, like, you look at the guys that made plays during this game. Spencer Rattler, of course, made plays. He has to. He's a quarterback. And he had three interceptions, which, of course, not ideal. He had Seth McGowan, who looks like the best running back out of anybody we saw. We didn't see any Marcus Major. We saw some Pledger who looked pretty good. But we also saw McGowan who looked better. Uh, And, you know, he fumbled the ball. And uh, he's a freshman, so, I mean, like, he just needs another year in the weight room. You see Marvin Mims, and he's clearly your best wide receiver. And so, gosh, like, what's that say about the guys that are already on the team right now?
1: It's, I don't know, it's kind of a changing of guard, right? Because you're, you're moving past that 2017 class that was pretty talented with Mark Andrews, CeeDee Lamb. Um, all those guys. Kenneth Murray was in that class, and now you have that 2018 class. No one's really stepped up there. That 2019 class. You know, we're still waiting for that. Um, but it's a little bit of changing in the garden. It's gonna, it's gonna take a while for that to happen.
0: Gosh, just, just unbelievable, unbelievable performance. I mean, gosh, if you look at Spencer Rattler's line, if it was a win, everybody'd say like, wow, look how crazy that is. Besides, of course, the three interceptions, if he only had two interceptions, uh, because they would have not been throwing the ball that late in the game, you would have looked at his line and said, holy crap, like Spencer... Even Spencer Rattler, while this was a shit show, was still having a a good day. He was pretty... Yeah, I mean, it was
1: impressive altogether.
0: But it just, they couldn't answer when the bell came ringing. And, and, And the bell rang a million times, it felt like, for them to answer... And they just kept on getting punched in the face, punched in the face, and just kept on taking it and they just couldn't dish any of it back out. They're the Spencer Rattler's busy on his back. And then the defense, they they seemed like they were busy on their heels the entire second half, especially when Kansas State went empty. Kansas State went empty and they never do that. And it just maybe that's something that Alex Grinch was not prepared for because clearly Oklahoma was prepared for the Kansas State run game because Kansas State's offensive line just they're they are not in the best sorts but felt like Skylar Thompson had a lot better day behind that offensive line in shambles than Oklahoma's offensive line who uh has really solidified themselves since last year so just not a lot to take away from this game like what do you what do you take away from this game Oklahoma is really young they need leaders and Lincoln Riley still has mishaps
1: yeah I think you you named it all I think um especially those veteran players, they need a voice. Um, they need they need an identity on this team, right? Um, I don't think they have one, whether it's going to be Spencer Rattler, whether it's going to be a veteran guy like uh, Creed Humphrey, maybe Ronnie Perkins comes back and he's that guy. Uh, but right now they really don't have an identity as a team, and they don't have a lot of time to figure it out. Um, so that's, that's going to be something they're going to have to work through, and I'm not sure if it's even going to happen by Texas.
0: Oh man, can you imagine if this team is one in three after the Texas game? It's gonna be ugly. <laughs> Twitter's not gonna be fun. Oh, good old Caleb Williams is still recruiting for OU, so that's a uh, that's good news, I guess. You might have a good shot at getting some play time. I don't know about like I don't know about that, but like, gosh, man, it's just. We just all watched the first half and thought, okay, it'll be okay, right? Was it, was that what you're feeling too? Like this will be fine. Like they'll 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 figure out. They'll take care of it in the second half.
1: Uh, I didn't think they were going to impress too much, but I didn't think they were just going to absolutely shut down. Yeah, like, I thought they were just going to, you know, keep it steady. Maybe they win by 14 points, and we're like, oh, well, they still have work to do.
0: Exactly. That that's that's exactly how I thought it would come down. Yeah. And I, I thought maybe if Oklahoma cleans up all these things, they could win by the actual spread. I said or you know if they just keep on doing this and you know making plays here or there uh, they'll, they'll still be fine the one by 10 or 14. Not did I think that Kansas State would just it would it looked like the opposite of what you know it looked like Oklahoma was the one that was on pins and needles and had nobody able to start for them. Kansas State missing seven key contributors today. They were missing several dudes that are key contributors today and it looked like Oklahoma was the one that was on pins and needles all week seeing if they would have the amount of players and it seemed like Oklahoma was the one that you know really they they had walk-ons in the secondary and everything else it just not not a good not a good look not a good situation not a good anything for Oklahoma especially in that second half but i mean i'm ready to move on uh, i'm ready to, i'm ready to see them go up to ames and well, I don't, I don't even know what that's going to look like right now. I don't even know what the score of the Iowa State TCU game is right now.
1: <laughs> I have no idea. The one thing is, do you think there's a there's a player that could come in and help right away that's been a backup? Because I'm looking at like positions like safety. I didn't think safety was that talented. I don't think they have enough speed on the back, and I th- think they tried to protect it a little bit, and they didn't do a good job of it. But, you know, Pat Fields is a great guy, um, great leader, great voice for the team. But he's not, I'm not sure if he's the answer. And I think Dillard and Turner-Yell, um, he had his moments, but he hasn't found that consistency as a guy that can really take over the game.
0: I don't, I, I really don't know. And Alex Grinch even echoed those same things. He's like, yeah, I still still know about safety. He's like, we have Pat Fields and Dillard and Turner-Yell, and he doesn't like to play anybody else really back there because he can't trust anybody else.
1: Well, they tried Norwood, I think, for yeah, one series, series. maybe. He has one series, and they move Washington down the corner so I don't I'm not,
0: I have no idea what they're going to do. I don't think they know what they're going to do. And I what blows my mind is how Brian Meade can, can get in the game way before David Aguebo.
1: Yeah, that was interesting. Unless it was just a timing thing like uh, I'll have to go back and watch, but if that was just the rotation but I just don't see why you don't call a timeout in that situation where you see Brian Mead on an island and the safety's not even over the top.
0: No, nope. yeah, like he, he, there's no safety of the top. You got to bracket that at least. There's no safety of the top. Brian Mead is going in coverage and then he just stops and it's 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 not like it's not like his back was to his end zone the entire time. He was actively running with the receiver. And clearly, you would be able to see, hey. There is a safety over the top, and he didn't. He just kind of stopped, and there was no safety there. And of course, Skylar Thompson isn't another. Isn't is not an elite Big Twelve quarterback, even though Oklahoma made him look like that. With one leg. Yes, because he had all those calf issues they kept on mentioning, and he he delivered like a duck throw to this receiver and let OU's defense catch up. And even then, OU's defense still cannot tackle this guy after the first two attempts. I just. I am baffled. This like this made me like have horror stories back to Mike Stoops in the second half. Nobody could tackle. You guys aren't getting off blocks. The secondary looked horrible. I mean, and honestly, like it didn't. It didn't seem like Pat Mahomes just completely tearing apart this Oklahoma secondary. It just seemed like oh, third and longs that Oklahoma couldn't get off the damn field.
1: Yeah, it was just I have no idea. There's like there's really no way to describe it other than it was just a terrible it was terrible football.
0: Like Can- it was like
1: uh it was like that Baylor game where they just kept throwing to the outside and OU's like, What are what are we gonna
0: do? Kansas State went two of eleven on third down and still beat OU and OU went seven of twelve. Kansas State was two of two on fourth down, and that matters a lot. And I just Kansas State had two and a half yards per rush. Two and a half yards. And they still are able to come back and just beat the hell out of OU. And they outmuscled OU for the second year in a row. They punched OU in the mouth for the second year in a row. and OU, We talked about that. OU just like, I mean, it's just, it's, you hate to say it, but it's like, it, it, it makes them look like a bunch of pussies. I mean, like really. <laughs> it, it, we talk about this It's every not grown-up up football. It's just like, oh, they got hit, and they just, instead of rolling with the punches, instead of hitting back, they just looked ready to take another hit the next play. I just, I I cannot fathom any of that besides the turnovers and everything else that comes with it. But, man, I'm not looking forward to next week at all, at all.
1: They got to move from playing a little bit more finesse football to get back to that 2018 where they just run you over. And, uh, and I don't had, know if they have the guys to do it quite yet. Yeah, I just, too young.
0: I, and to me, it's they're young, but also offensive line needs to get their shit together. I mean, and you might even have to use, you might have to use Spencer Rattler in a more read, more read option game going forward if that's the case because it it didn't look pretty when they tried just straight uh, handoffs. I mean. What made Baker Mayfield, Kyler Murray, Jalen Hurts, what made the, their running attack even more dynamic other than the the, uh, the GT counter was the ability to you know have an RPO. And it didn't seem like they ran many of those today for Oklahoma, specifically read option plays in which Spencer Rattler, he's not stiff. He can run the ball. He can scramble. Like, is he as elusive as Baker? I don't think so. It doesn't look like it, but who knows. Uh, but he can run the ball. And he knows how to get down. He, he he can read. He can read angles. And it's just like it looks like Oklahoma's going to have to do a little bit more read option to get a run game going. Even though with that offensive line they have, they should just be able to run straight ahead. And yeah. that's not what we saw. And you know, like 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 we said, they the running game was hit or miss. And in some portions they would be getting gains of seven, eight, ten. They were never going to break it open. But in other portions, they just get two-yard losses. They they would be already sunk in the backfield. So that is something that they're going to have to clean up. I don't know how you clean that up because it's the same five damn offensive linemen from a year ago. So, like, what are you missing? Swenson's left arm is now, like, there. So you have all five of your offensive linemen. You have Anton Harrison, who was actually better than Eric Swenson. So I just don't know what you can do in one week that's really going to save anything other than your defense... Playing better, and being on the same page, and maybe I don't know, maybe not turning the ball over four times, maybe not having a blocked punt.
1: Yeah, that blocked punt was that was weird. Cause it's, it's like not even well, I think it was because it was Andrew Rame was part of the Shield and he just didn't even look right. So that's I mean, having a true freshman back there, you're probably risking that mistake, but you gotta be better than that.
0: Well, and speaking of Andrew Rame, he came in the game a few for a few series and. Honestly, didn't notice, did not notice really much of a drop off of talent or of at least performance between Andrew Rame and Marquise Hayes. And that's a problem. Andrew Rame just got done playing for Broken Arrow and winning a state championship. Marquise Hayes has been in on this offensive line for two years now. And the fact that I could not tell how much of a difference of talent was on the field on that side of the line. Those two or three series that Rain was in, that's a huge issue.
1: Yeah, that was, that was pretty bad. I will say the one thing that might help that offensive line is if they just finally get a ruling on Chris Murray from the NCAA. <laughs> it's been like what three, four weeks into college football, yeah. and they still don't have that ruling. But Tathan Martell
0: is probably going to get another waiver somewhere. Yeah, the NCAA and their rulings aren't usually uh very speedy. Remember, wasn't it? Wasn't it Jalen uh, Saunders? Saunders like. Got eligible for the Texas game?
1: I think so. So, Oklahoma... It's like four or five games in.
0: Oklahoma might have a starting left tackle for the Texas game if they get this guy eligible. I don't know. Or would you entertain the idea of kicking out one of the guards for Oklahoma to tackle and putting Raymond in there inside?
1: Um... I mean, I mean, it's worth it at this point. They look like trash today, so... I think it's worth experimenting.
0: Every position coach at OU, every single one, is pissed today. You would, you would yeah. think, right? Yeah, they just look dumb. Like the running, like they just had no answers. The running back room, like the only room that maybe you aren't pissed about is the H back tight ends. They actually played really well. The quarterback room, rather they had a good day, but of course. At the same time, throwing three interceptions suggests he had a really bad day, but a lot of that's based upon him running for his life uh, for the offensive line. The defense, like you said, Perry and Winfrey showed signs, but nobody really else did. So defensive line was just pretty meh. Linebackers, hit and miss. Deshaun White had a couple of plays, but other than that, not very special. And, of course, you saw what happened to the secondary just... Trey Brown getting torched and then other guys just not knowing what they're supposed to be doing in coverage. Just unbelievable, but looks like K State wins thirty eight thirty five. This game against Iowa State coming up next week should be entertaining to say the least. There'll be a ton of storylines and there'll be a ton of things riding on this and it wouldn't be it wouldn't surprise me to see O. U. win this game by two touchdowns. But at the same time, who knows? I mean, it's just it is what it is. Yeah, I'd agree with that. So, uh, I think I think that wraps us up. Do you have anything to, uh, to say before we get out of here?
1: Uh, I think I'm good. I think we've said enough.
0: Yeah. Which I, is a bad day of football. I agree. I agree with that. So, anyways, follow us on Uh, You can follow us on Twitter at and CCM or at OUupdatedSB. Again, thank you for listening to the podcast. Uh, if you're not subscribed and you're listening to the first time, hit the subscribe button. Give us a five-star review. We really appreciate it. And I'll see you guys uh, sometime next week. Check you later.